just beginning to recognize God's heart through the word of God, through relationship with him. Um, that This wasn't about me just following rules, but it was actually about heart transformation that God was after a personal relationship. So over the course of 2009, um, there was a real deliverance, I, I would say, that took place in my own life. Good day, my friends, and welcome to another episode. On behalf of Disciple of City, I'm Todd Carlton, and this is the Toddcast. We're hearing radical stories of how people encounter the presence of God and how that has transformed their lives. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and leave a comment and let us know what you think. Disciple of City is a non-for-profit charitable organization, and if you're enjoying this podcast, would you prayerfully consider donating to help keep this podcast afloat? You can find that information on our website at discipleacity.ca. Click on Donate and leave a message in the message box for the Toddcast. As always, follow us along on Instagram at the Toddcast underscore DAC for pictures of our guests and to see some behind-the-scenes footage. And if you haven't already, download the United Hive app where you can post testimonies with pictures and videos of encounters you're having all over the world. Speaking of all over the world, thanks to all of you who are listening, and a special hello to some new listeners in Hong Kong. Today, friends, we head across the pond to the UK, London to be exact. After an encounter in 2009, his life was radically changed. Along with his wife, he is the founder of a ministry called Kingdom Encounter. Please welcome David Harris. Hey, Todd. Hey, my friend. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Glad to be here with you. Yeah. Welcome to the show, and it's uh, good to see you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, friends, uh, I met David, and we were just talking about it in the green room there, 2015, 2016, one of those two in Stockholm, Sweden, at an event called Awakening Europe, and... Uh, it was pretty impactful for a lot of people, but obviously for you and me and how that changed our lives, eh, bro? Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome seeing probably around, I think it was about 15,000 people or so gathered in a stadium worshiping Jesus. Um, just such an awesome presence of the Holy Spirit there. And yeah, it's definitely, definitely life-changing for so many and uh, including myself really impacted by that. Yeah. And that's, and the same for me, it's, it's, it was such a quick conference or a quick time in your life, really like for me or well, both of us flying over there just for a few days, but man, the memories are so vivid to me, you know? Mm, yeah. It, it does feel like it wasn't that long ago, right? It was just, uh, yeah. I can't believe how many years it's actually been <laughs> since we've reconnected. <laughs> oh, so, so man, um, I know you grew up in a Christian home, but uh, 2009, man, something something happened in 2009. Can you can you share that experience? Yeah, so yeah, my parents were both Christian, so I was used to uh, the Christian language. I was brought up in a Christian home, went to church for the best part of my life. Um, come to about the age of 16, I had no interest. Um, you know, I was only really going to church based on the faith of my parents. I had no personal relationship with Jesus, no encounter, no experience, no revelation of who God was. Um, I believed that God existed um, or that there was a God. I just didn't know who he was. Um, 
So yeah, 2009, just prior to that year, 2008, if we just jump back a little bit, um, I experienced some things in my life, which really, um, shook me to the core of my being. Um, so by the time I was 16, I, I had not, you know, really given my life to follow Jesus or anything. I was just in the world involved in drugs, um, womanizing, you know, chasing money, all the wrong things that you can think of. And, um, this just increasingly got worse during my time at university. I was completely off the rails. Things were just getting darker and darker. And once I got to about 2008, which was my early twenties, um, I really just had no vision, no purpose in life, you know, just, just wanted to enjoy myself. Like really, um, just, just nothing so significant that was driving me. I just wanted to live for the moment. Just wanted to get high every day and just be out with my friends partying all night long. Um, but 2008, a couple of things happened. Um, like I mentioned, which, which really, um, I would say gave me a wake up call and I'll start by sharing the first one. Um, I was a witness to a car accident. Um, and in this car accident, um, I wasn't actually involved. Um, I just had seen two cars racing each other, um, going around a bend. I was parked in a drive through McDonald's restaurant. Um, and the second car span out of control and it goes head first into a tree um, and it, and it kind of goes up about 20, 30 feet into the air and comes back down. And I'm with my friend at the time. And he tells me, uh, run over to the car and just, you know, I don't know why he didn't run over with me, but he told me to run over. So I run over and everything kind of starts going in slow motion. And the closer I get to the car, the more serious I, I begin to see this situation to be. And, um, I approach the car and I see, something that I've never seen before. I see like these two young guys in the front of a car. It was blood everywhere. The car's been caved in. And so I bend over to the driver and try to get a response. I didn't want to touch anything or, or, or do anything like that. Cause you know, it just, it just looked like bones were broken and it just looked messy. And um, I didn't want to, you know, do anything I shouldn't. So I just checked to get a response. I got a response from the driver um, and everything's kind of just going through my head like this shock, you know, I, I don't know if somebody's called the, um, emergency services by now. Um, but I look over to the passenger and he looks pretty bad. He looks, he looks like he's still breathing, but he, he looks pretty bad. Um, but it, it was a messy scene. Um, and just within minutes, the emergency services were there. Um, I was told not to leave because I was one of the only witnesses, um, so I had to continue to watch what was happening right in front of me. Um, the ambulance arrive and they pull out a like oxygen mask and they, they run it over to the um, passenger. Um, and this, this moment's kind of never left me, but I, I, I remember the passenger beginning to choke on his blood. And I knew that in that moment he had taken his last breath and, and they placed the mask on him, but I knew that, he had died. Like I could feel that something had left his body. It was almost as if his soul had left his body. And within a couple of weeks, the police interviewed me and they had confirmed that, you know, he was just a 21 year old student. He had come from um, abroad to study. And unfortunately he, he passed away 
the driver survived and the driver, uh, the passenger died. Wow. And so I was a witness, I was a witness to all of that. So that was the first incident that took place. The second was my own father who um, was a very healthy man. He had fought in uh, the Melbourne Olympics in 1956. He was a, he was a boxer. So Boxers are really trained um, to a certain degree. You know, they're very strong. Um, and so he was He was a very healthy man, a churchgoer, you know, really smoked or anything like that. Uh, but end of 2008, he starts developing a small cough. And um, the cough just kind of progressed, went to so many different appointments um, and, you know, different tests and all of that. Um, and then it came back early 2008 that um, my dad only had six months to live, um, which was obviously another shock to the system. Um, Ten months had passed on, and my dad eventually went on to be with the Lord. Um, and as you can imagine, it was a really difficult time. Dad was probably in his early 70s, so he lived a good life. Um, but this thing just kind of came out of the blue, really caught us off guard. Um, you know, just to have someone there that you love so much and then all of a sudden that person be taken from you. Um, and again, this incident and the other one just really was a wake-up call to life and and just really made me think about so many different things. Um, I started to go to church again for the sake of my family. It just kind of made me feel like a better person on the inside because um, I wasn't really around much for my family. Even during the time my dad was unwell, I was still trying to just feel that void of pain and hurt just with, you know, things in this world, the material things, just trying to keep my mind occupied and, you know, still going out partying and everything. But after my dad passed on, I just felt like, you know, I, I should, I should really go to church again, just, you know, be there for my, my family. And, and so I did. Uh, and then we come into 2009 is when really things began to shift for me. So even though I was going to church, I was still living in sin Things had just turned around in moderation, I'd say. Um, so I was still smoking, still going out, um, you know, still doing things I shouldn't be doing. My heart was very unclean. Um, then 2009, I'd attended an Easter service at church and I'd come home with my family, gone uh, to my bedroom and um, everyone else had gone to sleep. It was a real still kind of night, very kind of just could sense a, a real rest and peace in the atmosphere. And I started to flip through the channels um, in my bedroom and I came across a film which many of us have probably watched, The Passion of Christ. Um, I believe it was directed by Mel Gibson. And uh, it wasn't uh, a film that I was unfamiliar with. I had watched this film before really powerful had seen it when it had first released in the cinema and um you know it was really impactful in terms of i really enjoyed the film there was a lot of emotion to it and um but that was it but this time i switch on the the tv this film comes up something just pulls on my heart to continue to watch this film and as i watched the film i could physically tangibly feel the atmosphere of my room begin to change and um can't really explain it um, I'll, I'll try to in some ways, but um, the film's going on and there's a scene at which uh, comes Jesus and he's being crucified by the Roman soldiers and he's he's being placed upon the wooden cross, um, you know, arms stretched out, nails being hammered into his hands and his feet, crown of thorns on his head. And I'm watching this 
And then I have this kind of revelation in that moment that I begin to see Jesus as someone who was real. I begin to actually have a revelation that Jesus was a real living person who came down to this earth. So the film's continuing, but this picture of Jesus on the cross is almost frozen in my heart. And I can just feel the atmosphere has just become very weighty. Um, it's become almost intense, you could say. And, and my heart is just beginning to throb. Like I could feel it beating fast. My heart is just jumping all over the places. I feel warmth all over my body. And tears just begin to just uncontrollably just come down from my face. And I just begin to see my whole life before me. And, and I begin to recognize, actually, I deserve to be on that cross. Jesus is yet still dying for me, but I deserve to be on that cross. And this thought just keeps going back and forward in that Jesus is dying for me, but I deserve to be there. And I'm, I'm broken on the inside. I'm crushed on the inside by this, that, like, you know, he's not committed a sin, but, or anything, he's not done anything wrong. I've done so much wrong. My whole life is before me. I became so convicted, but in the same moment, there's this revelation I get to have of God's love that I've never had before. Um, I knew things about God in my head. I was taught things about God when I was, you know, brought up as a, as a young child, I was taught so many different things. I'd memorized things. Um, I'd done a lot of religion, but, but my heart had never connected in this way to know who God really was. Um, and, and this love that I had never experienced before, it just begins to start hammering my heart. It starts flooding me on the inside and it's just making me cry even more. It's just making me like, you know, just, I was just getting undone. You know, there's no one else there. It's just me. Um, and the Holy spirit who I now know to be was present with me in that room. Yeah. Um, and, and I just simply put my hands up and I said, Jesus, I, I give my all to follow you. I surrender my life to you. And um, so 2009 in my bedroom, I surrendered my life to Jesus um, and everything changed from, from that moment onwards. Wow. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, couple, well, a few things. It's, it's really, it's really good to hear stories like that, where this was something that happened to you by yourself in an encounter, right? So many people, might think they need to go somewhere or be at a church or be with a pastor, priest, minister or something, but God wants to meet you where you are and just an encounter by yourself. Um, and a lot of, uh, trauma to see too. Um, interesting, eh? How we kind of like live our lives, not really thinking of stuff until you're met with something like that, with the sudden loss of a family member or a car accident and how it just changes your perspective of life and death. Absolutely. Um, also 2009 is when I came to faith as well, bro. Wow, <laughs> That's that same year. And I was also by myself, um, not in my room, but in my vehicle driving when I came to faith, but the wow. same year. So, uh, that's interesting. And that movie, um, that movie, I also, not not as dramatic as an experience as you, but uh, I saw that in the theater and same kind of thing. Like I, I believed, but when I saw that movie, it made him more real. Like he actually was a really person. And prior to that, I was blaspheming as part of just my normal language. And I hadn't come mm -hmm. to faith yet when I saw that movie, but I stopped 
using his name in vain after that movie because there was just something about it was so impactful that he just he was a real person and it just i don't know that changed that perspective for me well so so um so what happened after what were the next few days like or the next week after you had that encounter or when you when you yeah you know gave your life to him in that moment what was the next week like for you yeah i'd say the the day that i woke up um after that encounter everything felt different on the inside my whole perspective just there was just a different feeling on the inside of me that i had never never kind of had before um at the time i was living with my my mother and my sister and um i wouldn't say that i felt the need to really scream or jump or dance about what had happened it, i just felt i was always kind of a close person with my family anyway but i just felt that this was something so intimate and personal that had taken place in my life um i just really wanted to just growing closeness to who who Jesus was. And so I began giving myself to prayer and the scriptures. Um, I can't say that my life was um, where it should have been the next day in terms of, you know, sin. There were still things that God was dealing with in my heart. But as I embarked on this journey of relationship with him, um, I began to realize his desires and the things that like the things that would displease him or the things that he didn't like. So we give you an example um, on my 25th birthday, which was a few months after my encounter um, that I had, um, I just felt it was okay for me to kind of hire a hall, you know, it's a big 25th birthday party. Let me invite some just close friends and family over. Um, and we had alcohol present at that event and I had some drinks um, I wouldn't say that I overly intoxicated myself, but um, I know that I wasn't completely there. But because I was with family and friends, I just kind of gave myself an excuse on the night. Um, but when I woke up the next morning, I felt a deep grief upon my heart, like a deep saddening, you could say. And, and I rolled out of bed onto my knees and I could just feel that I had grieved the Holy Spirit. And um, that my, my fellowship with God was hurt because of the decision that I had made. And um, I repented. I said, Lord, forgive me. You know, just I've, I've made, a, made a mistake here. And so I went on this journey. That's just an example of one thing there. But just beginning to recognize God's heart through the word of God, through relationship with him. Um, that This wasn't about me just following rules but it was actually about heart transformation that God was after a personal relationship. So over the course of 2009, um, there was a real deliverance, I, I would say, that took place in my own life. Um, just even thoughts towards women, just the way I'd look at them, just God's spirit and his word giving me a whole new perspective and language, just washing me and cleansing me from that wickedness um, that once used to be in me. Um, and so, you know, some things did happen overnight, I would say, just in terms of um, I, I know that, that that my heart was changed in that moment. But then there was a process where God had to just deliver me from, from certain things um, along that journey that I was on, addictions and and so forth. But by the end of uh, 2009 coming into 2010, um, I got plugged into a, to a, 
a very good church, a healthy church. Um, I was being discipled throughout this time as well by a local church, sorry, um, a local family friend who was part of this local church that I eventually attended in, um, in 2010. And um, I quickly became involved in leadership there and, um, and just things, yeah, things just, just kind of progress from, from that point onwards, I guess. It's interesting uh, what you said about renting that hall and um, having some, some alcohol present. Cause that's like such can be such a conversation, Hey, and different sort of viewpoints of it or about it, of whether or not you should do it and looking at scripture and while well, the disciples and Jesus drank wine and but really what it comes down to is, is what's inside, how he's working inside and listening to him. Eh? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I found it very similar for me where I just felt from the inside that it was something that he wanted to take and wanted me to give up. And it was had nothing to do with anything else other than that. Like you say, internal relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. Yeah. Right. Um, so, well, I guess it was a while after that, but leading up to, if you can surmise the the time leading up to uh, Stockholm, like how, how the next bunch of years that of what was going on sure. for you, and then uh, yeah, yeah, sure. So I was I was really hungry for the Lord. Like when I when I first encountered Jesus and experienced His tangible presence, um, it became my life source, the word of God became my life source. Everything about life was about Jesus now and not about myself. And, and, you know, um, so 2010, I get plugged into a local church, uh, a Bible teaching church, um, that welcomes the presence of God. Um, and I get commissioned into leadership there. Um, and I'm working as like an assistant youth pastor for a while. And um, it was great, you know, just understanding uh, family from God's perspective and just growing in community and um, with love for one another was was such a wonderful time for me um, to grow, to learn, um, to, you know, just kind of to fulfill God's purpose in all of that. Um, 2010 towards, I think, summer, the summer of 2010, um, I began uh, to enter into a, a relationship. So I was courting um who my wife is today uh Noreen I was courting her in 2010 and that went on for about a year into 2011 um but when when we got towards the end of 2011 um I just I just didn't feel right about the relationship I didn't feel I was ready I felt my heart had actually become divided I felt like my personal devotion um to the Lord was compromised in some ways um, we wasn't living in sin or anything. We did everything right by God. You know, we tried to be accountable in everything that we did. And just, you know, this was a re- my first relationship after being in multiple relationships in the world. This was my first relationship, um, out, you know, outside of all of that moving on. And I was just really just cautious about the way I did everything. So we did everything right in terms of what we tried to as best as we could. And um, I think towards the the end of 2011, I just felt like I wasn't meant to be in this relationship. So we took some time out. We fasted, we prayed, 
And um, I came to the decision that, you know, I didn't want to work through this anymore. And um, Noreen had a really strong confirmation from God that, that this relationship, we, we were, even though we was having some difficult times, that she, she was ready to, to kind of push through with me, but it, my heart just wasn't ready for it. And so we kind of went our separate ways um, and I completely disconnected from her and just kind of got on with my life. And, and I felt at that point, my heart had returned back to God. I felt like there was space for me to then really give my, like my full devotion to Jesus. And, and so I did, I started really getting hungry for the Lord. I was reading through the scriptures. Um, I, I was immersed in God's word, spending time with him. And, and I wanted more of more of him. I wanted the scriptures. I wanted everything that the scriptures spoke about. Um, and some of that, it wasn't a present reality for me. I was reading so many of these stories. Um, I was, uh, you know, the, the power of God and just, um, just the miracles that would happen. Like, you know, uh, and I, I, you know, I'd, we'd, we'd see some things happen. I'd, you know, I'd be, I'd be evangelizing, you know, um, in my own time with God, just sensing God's presence and the sweetness of who he is. And, but really, um, on this journey in 2012, um, I'd gone to a, a couple of meetings and I heard about another gathering that was taking place in uh, the North of England. And there was an evangelist that was going to be there that I had heard of. And I really wanted to be at this gathering it's about four hour drive away from me. So there was a hunger on the inside of me because I just wanted more of God. And I'd never really drove, you know, a distant like out of town to, to kind of go to any meeting, uh, maybe, maybe here and there, not, not, not like so many meetings. I just kind of started going to a few gatherings that, um, I'd heard, you know, God was moving and, and, and I really wanted to be here. So I went to this meeting. Um, I hadn't planned to be there for the whole event, but we ended up staying there f- until the final night. Um, it was God's plan for us to be there. And, and just right from the beginning of this meeting, um, you know, there, there was an evangelist that was present there and he was full of the fire of God. He was full of God's glory. And and all of the meetings were full of this weighty presence. And and I, I was so blessed just by being there. Um, was really impacted by the teaching. I was really impacted by the worship. Um, there was times where we got to receive prayer and I experienced the power of God. Just, you know, this wasn't something that I was really used to, even though I was part of a Pentecostal church, but had a real like kind of impartation moment where I experienced God's presence. But it was that final night that we hadn't planned to stay at um, where God really touched me. And um, the only way I can really describe it is that from the beginning, when the meeting started, the atmosphere was just different compared to the other nights. The atmosphere just felt electric. There was this kind of supernatural hunger and anticipation. You could just feel like a pull in people's hearts that they wanted an encounter with Jesus. Um, and as the worship continued, the atmosphere just intensified. You could feel the weighty manifest presence of God in that room. It felt like Jesus had walked into the room. It got to the point where the atmosphere was so thickened with God's glory that that the worshipers couldn't stand. Wow. It, it was it, it was like I believe it was Second Chronicles five where where they're dedicating the temple and 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 the cloud of God's glory comes into the building. It, it, that's what it kind of felt like. It felt like there was a cloud of God's presence, like a blanket resting over the place, and the worshipers couldn't stand. The preacher was overcome by God's presence. He couldn't preach. 
<laughs> and um, everyone's kind of travailing and crying out and, and, and there's a sound. Everything had stopped like what, to what we're naturally used to doing in a church setting, but there was a sound. And that sound I'll always remember because something happened to me in that moment. And it wasn't because anybody laid hands on me. It wasn't because of any of that. It was because God was in the room, the glory of God come into the place. And, and so um, the only thing that I could say was Jesus. I had become so unaware of my surroundings. I'd become so conscious of God, of Jesus, that all I could say was Jesus. Like the only, the only vocabulary I had left in my system was to say Jesus. And I had just tears flooding out of my face. And, and eventually, I mean, I'd never done this before, but I start kind of like rocking can feel it even now when I'm sharing. I just started rocking in my heart, in my belly. It was like I couldn't just keep still, and it was like my my knees had become weak. So I had sat down because of the weightiness of God's presence, and I'm just sitting there going back and forth in my chair, saying Jesus, Jesus. And there was this elderly gentleman next to me. I'd met I hadn't met him before. There was no no one from my group was there because our seats were were scattered. Um, but he puts his arm around me, and he says, "Son." I feel like the Lord is about to show you some things. And so this unnamed man, you know, who I'd never kind of met before puts his hand around me. As soon as he did that, the only way I can describe it is that gasoline was thrown over me and a mat was a match was lit. And I felt the fire of God. Like I'd never felt it to be. I mean, I was praying in the spirit before this occasion, but this was, as if a volcano had erupted over me and, and, and I started praying in tongues loudly, like, like tongues, unknown tongues that I'd not prayed before. And whilst I'm praying these tongues, I can, I can hear the Holy spirit giving me an understanding of what I'm saying. And I was like, what is this? I had no, no grid for this. I had no encounter of this ever or experience. No one had ever taught me about this. I mean, I read some stuff in the scriptures, but I was like, man, this is real. Um, and as I'm having this experience, physically, my body is burning. Like, uh, and, I, and I don't perspire that much, um, but, but my, my clothes had become drenched, soaked to the point like it was as if you you dipped me in in a bucket of water. That's that's how drenched my my clothes were, and that's not normal for me, by the way. <laughs> I don't sweat that much, um, and so yeah, I just had this encounter. I had started having open eyed visions. Um, you know, I just began to to see things things were happening to me that had never happened to me before. I was laughing. I was weeping. Um, I was all over the place, um, and, and and I actually began to, I don't know what happened at the end of the meeting. Um, but I began to be asked to pray. I was asked to pray for other people. And I was, I I had no grid. I wasn't trained in the prophetic or anything like that. And I was able to just pray and just begin to prophesy over people. And I was like, you know, I know we have great, great teaching and prophetic schools these days uh, that can help equip us and, and help us reach a place. Um, but this was like brand new to me. Like I had no grid for it. And so just, just, just to emphasize on it that, that the presence and the power of God is so real, um, and and He will fill us if we hunger and go after Him. He really will fill us yeah. um, to the degree that we want Him. And and so my life changed in 2012. Just um, there was just a new hunger and infatuation um, to go after Jesus. This experience lasted for three days. I went back to London, got carried home, 
in the car, just this whole experience, this manifestation of God's presence that I was experiencing, it lasted for three days. Something of that encounter has never left my life. It's always remained with me. Um, and it's almost takes me back to Luke three sixteen, where John talks about there is one who is greater than I, who is coming after me and he will baptize you in the Holy spirit and fire. Um, and I believe that that was a moment where the baptism of the fire of the Holy spirit came upon me. Um, and it, and it completely radically changed my life upside down. I was just hungry. Uh, wherever I'd go, it was like, I just want to tell people about Jesus. I didn't even want to get married no more. I'd experienced this extraordinary um, God, Jesus, like never before. And I was like, this is more to me than anything else. Um, and so I really just, things, things really shifted for me in 2012. Um, I just really got a bit more involved in ministry, um, transitioned into another local church, um, which was where God wanted me to be for a season. And and, and I was really discipled there um, in, in some of the things of the spirit and, and just the word of God. Just, but really above everything, you know, my life became so cent- centered around the Lord that I would go to work. I'd rush home. I'd be looking at my clock. I want to get home. I just want to spend time with Jesus. I just want to be in the presence of the Lord. I just, I just want to meet with him. And so my life just radically changed in terms of on the external things were happening and, and I was seeing God move in a powerful way, but, but the foundation of it all was coming back to this place of intimacy, hungering for God where no one can see what's going on behind you know, curtains. It was about being with him. Like, let's just, let's just be, be with Jesus as much as we can. Uh, and so I, tre- I treasure 2012, all of that season of my life, you know, that kind of led up to the time I was with you in Sweden. Um, God had began to really move and, and do things in my life, you know, began to see a lot of healings and a lot of people begin to encounter the presence of God. Um, just even me sharing some of my testimony, really provoking hunger in their lives. Um, but it really, it really changed me. Um, but it was an encounter with Jesus that did it. Uh, the weighty presence. That's such a great, great way to, to phrase it. Eh? just a, a weighty presence. Cause it does, it just has that weight to it. It's Absolutely. also, um, it's also really key to me anyways, the, the three things in your life was the fact that somebody or or people were discipling you um but you were also seeking that on your own like you had a hunger so you had that hunger as well and you you know went to the secret place right you wanted to leave work and and go and just be with the lord in that secret place and i i think all those three elements together really help a person journey and become closer to the lord indeed so let's uh well, I really w- would like to hear about Kingdom Encounter, but before that, just how how did you find yourself at uh, that awakening Scandinavia? And I just like to talk about that because that's you know where we met, and and I had weighty yeah. encounters there as mm-hmm. well, and, th- and that was kind of a first for me. So, what? How did you guys hear about that? What brought you guys there? Yeah, so by the time I got to um, Sweden, I had become a little bit more prone to to the Christian world. Just had begun begun to see uh, some ministries and some some movements of, um, I'd say the Holy, where the Holy Spirit was moving in certain ministries, and um, 
Actually, the reason I came out to Sweden, one of my friends was actually preaching in one of the smaller breakouts. Um, and they had asked me to come with them. Me and my 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 brother-in-law, we, we went together. And so there was three of us out there. Um, and again, I feel like everywhere that we do go, just there's a leading of the Lord. So there was there was some kind of um, green light that we had from the Lord that, okay, he's given us some kind of direction. And it was amazing to be in, in Sweden with you. I mean, I remember getting those coaches into those shopping malls. Um, <laughs> you know, it was pretty wild just uh, seeing people just filled with the Holy Spirit preaching the gospel and uh, lives just radically being transformed. So, yeah, I guess I guess um, I just kind of went with the leading of the Holy Spirit on that one. My my friend was invited out there, and and there was just a, a place for us to be there with him in that. So uh, so impactful. Do you remember? Do you remember the girl that was like that worked the stadium that I came and got you guys to go and pray for? She was working like uh, like not security, more like. Uh, uh, you know, manning the doors and stuff, that young girl. Do you remember that? I, I think so, right? Uh, was it downstairs? It was downstairs, yeah. And and uh, it just, I, I remember asking her what she thought of the event that was going on and what mm-hmm. she thought of Jesus. And she, I remember her saying to me, she, she didn't know who that was. She'd never heard of him before. And I'd never in my life heard anybody say, say that. Well... And well, so yeah, anyways, was, listeners, I, a while ago. yeah, I just, when, when this person said that to me, I just was so crushed in my heart that never heard anyone say that before. And I went and got David and his friends to just go and, and pray for her to have a weighty encounter. Mm. So hopefully that had happened. So, okay. So after, uh, so take us through then going back to England after that or what, what led up to the start and let's chat about kingdom encounter a little bit. So how did that begin? And yeah, sure. And I'm jumping so, forward because um, obviously something happened and you got together with Noreen. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother book in itself. Um, but um, yeah, so we, we were, I was married by the time I was in Sweden, I was married. I was married at that point. So after, after I had a, experience with the fire of God that same year, um, nine months later, actually, after me and Noreen disconnected, I connected with her. I didn't mean to connect with her. I just kind of crossed paths with her at a youth, the, uh, a youth event. Um, um, and again, this was just all God's plan. Really. I wasn't planning to be at this event, but I ended up being there. She was there. Things were reconciled in terms of our friendship, but I was still a little bit hazy on, is she meant to be my wife or not? I felt in my heart that God was reigniting something there in terms of our relationship, but I I gave it to the Lord and I I just fasted and prayed into that for a season. And then just a few months later, I thought God give me the release to tell her how I felt. Um, and that I was, you know, interested in pursuing a relationship with her. Um, and then that was say 2013 and she, she felt the same, which was a thumbs up, which was praise God, you know, (laughs) happy with, uh, with her response. Um, and literally it was a matter of, look, you know, we, we didn't need to know, get to know each other or to see if this is compatible or not. We was like, we need to tell your parents and like, let's, let's get, 
let's get engaged. And then literally we didn't plan it, but I think it was within seven months or so we, we got married in 2013. Uh, so we got married, you know, local church to serving. And then obviously that whole thing, we went to Sweden in between we're ministering in different places, part of a local church. Things, things are amazing. You know, um, I'm working in the city full time. Noreen's working as well. And we're, we're very comfortable. We're, we're happy financially, you know, um, and we've hosted some gatherings at this point um, where we've just become so hungry for the presence of God that, you know, we, we've just hosted some meetings where we just are going all after Jesus. We just want to worship. We want to experience him. We want him to come um, because when he comes, he changes our lives. Uh, and and he he fills something in our hearts that that nothing else can fill, and, and this is why we was really created. We was born to have intimate fellowship. We was born to be worshippers. So we hosted some of these meetings, and, and they were great, really powerful. Again, this comes back to the weighty presence of God. And then it was um, twenty seventeen. We started getting some direction from the Holy Spirit that He wanted us to set up. Um, our ministry called Kingdom Encounter. Um, again, a lot of this was through visions, through prophetic words, just through God speaking to us. And so it wasn't something that we had kind of conjured up in our minds, oh, this will be great. No, this was like God's word coming to our hearts. We were very happy, like living the life that we were living, serving God on the side, like, or just the way things were. It was, I never tried to separate things like, you know, um, cause even, even while I was, I was doing my nine to five, you know, I'd still be out evangelizing, would still be, you know, praying and, and preaching and, and all of that. So there was, there's no separate to who God is when God comes into our lives. He, he wants to consume every part of it. Um, but 2017, we do set up as kingdom encounter and we start doing these annual conferences, um, which we've been doing every year since then, where we just host the glory and the presence of God. We just make room for Jesus to be worshipped. We make room for people to come and behold Jesus. Uh, we just want people to be stirred, uh, to pursue intimate fellowship. Like We want to provoke hunger that people would go after him. And we started doing these gatherings um, 2017. Um, and then towards the 20, end of 2018, um, God tells us to start meeting in the home. So we start having home church for um a while in the home and we've been doing that ever since 27 2018 2019 we started um and yeah it's it's been an awesome journey to to recognize what family is in god's sight um just understanding different sides to, to even ministry and what church can look like um there's nothing wrong in meeting in a in a bigger place outside of the home which is what we also do at times we continue to do that our conferences we meet in a larger space sometimes on sundays we'll meet in a larger space make it more accessible um, but really i feel god has invited us to build life around the table i believe that god's really invited us to a place of vulnerability it's not about uh, a man or, or 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 a preacher and just gathering around a person or a personality. Um, I think that, that we're beginning to recognize more and more this is about the nameless and the faceless. This is about Jesus and Jesus alone. And so as we gather around him, around the table, sometimes, you know, in the home, we've had some wonderful, glorious times where God's presence has come. We've worshipped for hours just you know, not wanting to stop and just wanting to just press in and lean in because he's come and he's walked into the room and 
And um, there's just been just such a sweet atmosphere of worship that's been cultivated over the years. And uh, more recently, I would say that we're wanting to kind of enlarge our tent pegs and, and we feel that, that God is uh, wanting us to to move into an open space where we can regularly meet and invite the local community into that as well. Just give us more, um, it would give us more reach into the community. So we're, we're praying about that. There's a lot of things that we need uh, practically. Uh, you know, we, we're just believing God for, for, for miracles that we want to, we want to possess land. We want to, we feel that London has been big on our hearts. We still, you know, I still get to travel sometimes outside of London and do things elsewhere, but feel like the primary focus, the mandate that God had given to me was London to begin with. And and so we're still establishing a base here in London. Like we're going after London, we're pressing in for London. Um, and, and we feel that, that that will happen at some point soon, that, that we'll have all the practicalities, that we'll have all the things necessary needed so that we can, um, you know, he builds his church at the end of the day. We're just, we're just his, uh, we're like, how could I say it? We're, we're the conduit, right? Um, and, and God just works in and through us. Um, so yeah, just believing in his timing for all of that. Um, and it's been, it's been a wonderful journey since, since then I've got two, two little girls as well, you know, um, who have been keeping me busy. We went into lockdown during all of that time as well. We had some other health challenges that we had to, to kind of work through during that season as well. But all I can really say is that, that we've seen the faithfulness of God. You know, I came out of my full-time job in 2018 um, after, so I, I missed that part actually, Todd. So 2017, we set up as a, as a nonprofit. We set up as our own independent kind of ministry. We're still connected to the local church at that point. And, um, 2018, um, I randomly get laid off just out of the blue after 12 years, I get laid off just months after we set up, um, as a, as a ministry, I get told that, um, you're no longer going to be needed here. So um, it was God's timing. Me and my wife, we both had an agreement. We both felt that this was God's timing for me to, to step out of full time um, and give myself full time to the Lord. Um, so anyway, I've gone a little bit back and forth. There. I hope I haven't confused you. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at at the moment. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Um, do you guys had an event at Wembley? Did I read that right? Uh, yeah, one of our first, we've had a couple of events in Wembley. Yeah. But one of our first ones was in Wembley. Like Wembley's massive. Is it not? Uh, Wembley's a, a part of London. Uh, well, we didn't, we didn't have our event in Wembley stadium. If that's what you're thinking. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but maybe one day we will. In Jesus name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Okay. So that's an, an area of London. Yes. Correct. So your last event was October, 2023. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, and you had, uh, you, you bring in a bunch of speakers. How long was that event over the, like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday type thing? Exactly. Yeah. So we, we, we had like a few amazing guests come over, um, to be with us and yeah, we went on from Thursday night all the way through to Saturday. Um, and then we had our Sunday service as well. And you're also doing some, some schools and different discipleship things yeah so we've we've done we've done some schools over the years um we slowed down a little bit um on that stuff recently um but yeah we we definitely are picking up vision for 2024 where we're we're coming back to a place of seeing how we can best equip the 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 local church 
Um, and we've, we've seen like, you know, amazing fruit from some of those schools. We did prophetic schools. We did like a school on fasting and prayer, um, just really bringing a solid um, education through the word of God to give us a framework of, of a lifestyle um, to live for Jesus, you know, by the, by the empowerment of his spirit upon us. So, yeah. Amen. And what's, uh, what's planned for kingdom encounter in 2024? Well, you know, that's a good question because that's something we're still exploring at the moment. We're still, we're still laying a lot of things before the Lord and just to get clarity and um, just to see exactly uh, what he wants us to do, what he doesn't want us to do. I think that, you know, ultimately our goal is we just want to be obedient to whatever you're telling us to do, God. Um, so for 2024, um, it's more, it's very likely that we will have our annual event towards the end of the year. Um, we're still continuing to meet uh, on a regular basis. We're, we're still believing that God has given us the ground in London. And so we've got a lot of evangelistic agendas. You know, we're, we're, we're pushing for, um, you know, gatherings where we can, well, like more regular gatherings where we can welcome the presence of God and invite people into that. Um, and yeah, there'll probably be some traveling as well in the midst of that, you know, maybe in a few places uh, around the nation, um, getting to share the word of God and teach. Yeah. You're finding a big hunger in the areas of London that you're, you're doing these events in. Yeah. I think that there's, there's just an overall hunger within the body of Christ for Jesus, like for more of Jesus. I think that um, we've seen a lot over the years and, 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 you know, I think that we do need a, a, a good, solid biblical foundation in God's word, like to, to rest in all of our lives. Um, but I believe the spirit and the word, they both have a part to play. There's the word can't bring life without the spirit. Um, and what I've began to experience more and more is as we welcome the presence of God, um, you're beginning to recognize that people have lacked an encounter. They've lacked uh, a personal encounter. And, and because they've lacked that in their lives, they've really not known how to steward their own personal relationship with Jesus. So the more we're confronting this situation and presenting them with the reality of God's present presence in our lives is stirring and provoking a hunger. Uh, and we're seeing that corporately around like, you know, the nation people are, um, are more and more, they're, they're hungry for this encounter with the Holy spirit. Um, and so, yeah, very exciting times that we're living in very exciting times. Amen. Amen. So friends, uh, kingdom encounter, you can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Twitter. Well now X, uh, YouTube and Facebook and the website is kingdomencounter.com. Uh, David, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. I'm glad we pushed through the little technical difficulties at the, <laughs> at the beginning. Oh, we got I was, there. oh, yeah, I'm glad we got there. Because um, after seeing your face, it's like, oh, man, this has to happen today. Um, Amen. Yeah, so thanks very much, man. We just, uh, Disciple of City, bless your ministry and, and, and England, man, that uh, there'll be revival all across that nation. Amen. And bro, Thank I just, uh, I just have one more question for you. Um, just talking about that weighty presence, how that weighty and presence, how that encounter changed your life and just made you even hunger more. 
if someone came and I, and I know that's obviously what your ministry is, is wanting people to experience and be connected with the Lord. But if someone came to you on the side and wasn't aware of your ministry, but knew your story and they asked you, they said, Hey, like I, I believe, but I just, how do I get to that weighty encounter? Like, how do I experience that? What would you say mm-hmm. to them? Yeah. I mean, we've got to be hungry, Todd. We've got to, we've got to stay hungry for Jesus. There's, there's no man on this earth that doesn't need more of Jesus. Um, and he says in his word that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they, they shall be filled. Um, and there's this, there's this place where we begin to recognize Jesus as nourishment for our souls. We begin to recognize him as the source of life. Um, we begin to recognize him as, as, as the bridegroom King and, um, and he's everything, all of that and so much more. And so my response would be, you know, if we get hungry enough for Jesus and, and if we don't necessarily, necessarily feel that hunger, then, you know, let's just, let's just ask God to make us hungry. Let's just put ourselves in situations in which we're, you know, almost provoking ourselves to go after him more. So, I'm, you know, whether it's prayer or, or spending time in the word, just, get hungry for God like hunger attracts the presence of God um, he's looking for a bride that that recognizes their need for him um, we can't do this journey without him and so the more we go after him without anything else in the equation he's met me in my bedroom as much as he's met me in a room full of 2,000 people he's met me in, in just as a powerful way at home when nobody else is there or nobody else is looking He's met me on my on my way to work, on my journey to work, just as much as he met me while I was on the ground, shaking, feeling like a thousand volts of electricity had gone through my body, you know, when somebody had laid their hands on me. He's, he's, he can meet us. What I'm trying to say is, Todd, he can meet us wherever we are, but we have to have a posture of saying, Lord, I, I need you to touch my life. I need more of you today than I've ever needed you before. And just, just go after him. Um, so yeah, a bit of a lengthy, lengthy response there, but yeah, I hope that's encouraging. Very encouraging, my friend. Very encouraging. Again, thanks so much, David, for taking the time to chat with us today, bro. Appreciate it. No worries. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It was an honor to have met you you and still be able to keep in touch. Amen. Thank you so much. Thanks, bro. That weighty presence, friends. We can believe, but there's so much more. There's so much more to have that personal encounter. There's a Holy Spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for the Lord. 